On the phone today, we have Sophia Germanides, Product Marketing Manager here at Novell for the Open Enterprise Server 2 product. We also have Mike Saunders, a Senior Technical Specialist, also with Novell. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us, Randy. Thank you very much. Sophia, Mike, we're here to talk about a recently released Novell white paper for customers who are running NetWare. Tell us a little bit about the intent for this white paper. One of the things I hear most often from customers and also from our field sales and our partners is why should we keep Novell as our networking infrastructure? Our sales force and our partners are seeing a lot of aggressive pricing tactics and the customers are asking them, tell us why we shouldn't move. And um, really what we wanted to do was get to the bottom line of why it's more expensive to migrate than it is to upgrade. I mean, everyone really knows off the top of their head, yeah, it's more expensive to migrate than to upgrade, but no one really ever took the time to put pen to paper and get specific about where those costs really come from, where the effort goes, what the risks are, and that's what we set out to do. So when we're talking bottom line, when you mention the bottom line, we're talking ROI or or return on investment. Is that correct? Totally. Um, IT organizations have become, you know, very sophisticated in the last five to ten years. Most every decision requires some sort of uh, ROI calculation or business value justification. And this infrastructure, probably more so than any other, because, you know, no one really wants to spend money on infrastructure. So we took, what we wanted to do is exactly give to customers, and I think partners can use this information as well, the guideposts, the pointers to where you need to look to assess what migrating your infrastructure is going to cost versus what it's going to cost to upgrade it. And on top of it, you know, our product has some new features that are really high value and actually save money. So it's not just about the cost you save by upgrading from NetWare to Open Enterprise Server, but also added savings that aren't available from NetWare or Windows Server, um, only available with Open Enterprise Server. And I think for the managers, the CIOs, the IT directors who are facing this you know, budget question year after year, when we tell you our infrastructure is going to actually save you money, and we demonstrate it here with research and customer cases, you know, I think it's a very powerful uh, tool. Now, we all know that there are lies, there are damn lies, and there are statistics. Is this paper based mostly around statistics, or is it based around real costs involved? That's, you know, I think everyone's question when they read a white paper or see a presentation. In our case, we relied heavily on customer experience and our contributors' experiences with customers. Since we do offer a lot of benchmark data, such as, you know, cost of storage, cost of training, but we do also rely on benchmark data from industry groups and analyst reports. So understandably, people are skeptical whenever they see statistics, but we, we have you know, very solid input into this document. So lots of empirical data there. Yes. Yeah, some of that data comes directly from our own customers who have told us what their storage costs are and so on, and that's why they're coming to us to try and reduce those costs. Now, Mike, you being on the team that came up with this white paper and you being tasked with with this job, what was your thinking behind it? Where did you start? What was your approach to coming up with this white paper? Well, in my case, the approach was based around the real-world projects that I did for designing OS2 infrastructures and migration plans from actual clients. 
I participated with the Novell team in a number of beta projects for OAS2, as well as once the product was released, a number of other projects to design OAS2 migration. So my input to the white paper was all based on sitting in front of clients and asking them what their wish list is and what their problems are and how can we make those problems go away. So it's definitely a real-world experience. We had clients from all kinds of different areas, including government, retail, financial, entertainment. We had two different entertainment clients. Some of these are now Novell success stories that are posted on our website. These are our reference clients who have been happy with OES2 and are proud to say so. Great. No two customers are going to be the same. Does a white paper cover a broad variety of possibilities? Well, it definitely covers, I'd say, about a dozen different points of interest. We don't go feature by feature, but we do cover the big use cases for, um, you know, the file system, storage area networks. That's probably the biggest use case, of course, for network users. So the document serves as a tool to allow an organization to determine just the best way of migrating its business, upgrading or migrating. That's right. It's a very content-rich document. I mean, we've got 18 pages of content from people who have decades of hands-on experience in the field. We've got you know, tables and benchmarks about, you know, how much it costs to run a server um, and then what that cost is when you virtualize a server. Um, I think these are really key useful data points for any customer running NetWare to see. And, you know, the truth is you can't get a lot of information out in the world about costs of NetWare because the reality is where we've gone with market share, a lot of analyst firms aren't tracking us that closely. So we think that this is information that customers can't really get anywhere else. And we have strived and I think succeeded in presenting a very fair case about why uh, the ROI is so strong to stick with the Novell infrastructure as opposed to really massive one-time costs to migrate that won't even achieve feature parity necessarily. Now, you mentioned that this is an 18-page document. That's a big document. You mentioned the team uh, that was involved in it. Tell us a little bit about that team. Sure. I feel like we had a rock star team. Mike Saunders, who's on the phone with us, he's a senior technical specialist with Novell Consulting. He was really the main contributor to the Open Enterprise Server 2 Migration Best Practices Guide. Jeff Gilbert from NovaCoast, who's a big partner for us at Novell, brought his experience from working in networks and Windows environments to the document. And last but not least, Bob Gifford, also from Novell Consulting. He's a senior member of the architecture and strategy practice. He was the one who really coordinated the research. Who's the white paper targeted at? Is it the CEO, the CTO level, or is it for the managers actually making the decisions on what to deploy? Really, it's for all of them. All of these people should be involved in any major decision about the future direction of an IT department. So there's a little bit of technology in the document, feature set, and things like that, as well as feature comparisons between OES 2 and Windows. But then, of course, the raw numbers and for the implementation estimates are certainly of somebody of interest to somebody who has to write the checks to make this happen, as well as the level of effort required to do a network to OES 2 migration, for instance, versus a complete changeover of a NetWare to Windows migration. Yeah, it's definitely not a super techie 
document. I think IT managers are going to, you know, understand it very well, but high-level business decision makers are also going to read it and really see things that are meaningful to them. Tell us a little bit about the highlights in it. What are the big items that uh, come up in the, the white paper? One of the major items that comes up here, especially from a technical standpoint, is the effort required to do a migration of this magnitude, especially if you're doing a complete changeover towards Windows. In a netware to OES2 migration, for the most part, what the customer sees, the customer being the end user here of the uh, client, is no significant change, if any at all. So you don't have to worry about retraining your user community, whereas if you're doing a migration from network to Windows, essentially almost everything changes. Aside from the feature set being different, and in some cases there are just things that OS2 can do that Windows can't, you have a complete change for your users in everything they do. This is also true for the administrators. They have to learn all new practices, all new utilities, all new ways of doing things. So this is a, a huge change for a company. One of the things that would stand out for me in doing that kind of migration is file systems. You can take Netware file systems directly to OES Linux, but you can't do that going from Netware to Windows. That is true. From the Novell side, an NSS volume mounted on Netware or an NSS volume mounted on OES2 looks exactly the same to the user, the rights and trustees structure. In a clustered environment, you can actually alternate mounting it back and forth between a Linux and a Netware server. Whereas in a Windows, you would ha you could migrate the raw data, but you not only lose all the rights and trustees in the process, you lose the flexibility of the rights and trustees of the NSS file system and don't have all that functionality in, in a Windows NTFS file system. And you get to keep things like your network client and still use NCP. Yeah, the NCP client cannot tell the difference between an NSS volume mounted on Netware or an NSS volume mounted on OES2. It doesn't know or care. The same is true for all of Novell's workstation-based clients. The iPrint agent, the GroupWise client, and so on, all don't know or care what the back end is, so the user sees the same thing they've always seen, and there's no change on the workstation. There's a great feature in OES2 called Dynamic Storage Technology. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, what Dynamic Storage Technology allows you to do is separate the file system view that a user sees from the physical back end. Most customers have enormous amounts of data hosted on their servers, of which the vast majority is stale data. In many cases, it hasn't been accessed for a year or more, but they still have to manage that data as if it's current. This includes backup processes and so on. What dynamic storage technology does is use an automated system to, to segregate data based on age or access time and usage rules so that you can put your stale data on secondary storage, which may be cheaper storage, may be a NAS device versus expensive SAN storage. Therefore, the user, although they see the whole storage as one, the two separate storages can be managed separately, backed up separately. I had one client who had a single volume of 8 terabytes of which more than 70% of it turned out to be stale data, Ouch. taking them three days just to do an incremental backup of that volume. <laughs> Once that was segregated physically between active data and stale data, they could back up the active data in a few hours, and the stale data, because it never changed, they just back it up once a month offline. And for an end user, they still see the same directory entries, but because they never touch the files, it doesn't matter where they're stored. Correct.
the end user sees a consolidated view of all the storage, even though it's physically separated on the back end. What we found out in our research is that to keep a terabyte of data on a SAN costs a customer about $10,000 a month. And one terabyte of data on a cheaper device, like direct attached storage, is $1,000 a month. That's one-tenth of the cost. So there is real monetary benefit to moving as much of that stale data off the expensive storage to cheaper storage. And that's where we come up with these savings rates of up to 70% or more per month of your storage costs. One analyst called storage the Hummer of the IT industry, just a (laughs) tremendous suck of power, of resources, of budgetary dollars. And Novell is offering, in this climate of exploding data, Novell's actually offering a way to downsize your storage infrastructure. Now, you mentioned the V word earlier. Everyone's in love with this right now. Virtualization, it's there as a key feature of OES2. Of course, OES2 is completely supported in a virtualized environment. Uh, That would include both a VMware environment as well as a Zen XEN environment hosted by SUSE Linux Enterprise Server. It is very commonly done, especially if you have a lot of systems that are one-offs that do a particular task and aren't particularly large, you can save a lot of money and administrative time on hardware by virtualizing these altogether. I think someone would have to ask, though, doesn't virtualization give me a reason to migrate to Windows? I can do that in the VMs or even run network in the VMs until I get that migration? Well, that's true, but you still have the overhead of... uh, managing Windows, the licensing, and what have you. And not to mention getting all your files over onto a Windows file system anyway. Correct. Whether it's virtualized or a physical Windows server, you still have all the same changes in the file storage and the changes in the administration and the rights and trustees and so forth. And, you know, I'd like to add that we also point out in the paper that just the amount of users per box or per machine, VM or physical machine, is very different. Um, and that's a significant cost that someone looking to migrate would have to account for. That, you know, on network box and a Novell box, you know, you're easily looking at 1,000 users per machine. Um, and we see a much lower uh, threshold on a Windows box. So, you know, the ratios of, for virtualization on a Novell platform or a Windows platform are really very different. You know, you get geometric benefit with open enterprise server as opposed to virtualizing on, with Windows server. Virtualization isn't the only scalability feature of OES2. There's more, isn't there? Most definitely. The biggest request I had while doing all the beta projects before OES2 was released was server consolidation. Networks and server farms tend to grow over time on an ad hoc basis, almost with no controls, and before you know it, you've got hundreds of servers in a large enterprise, and the vast majority of them are doing the same things. They're mostly general-purpose file and print. All these servers, of course, are hardware, licenses, heating and air in your server room, administrative costs, backups, this gets to be very expensive. So every single client I dealt with wanted to consolidate, and the raw scalability of OES2 allowed them to take full advantage of current generation hardware. OES2 is available as a true 64-bit operating system. So you don't have to run 32-bit applications because there are no 64-bit ones for your platform. 
Correct. And it takes full advantage of 64-bit hardware and full advantage of memory above 4 gigabyte, so you can scale up the number of users on a single box considerably higher than you can on NetWare or Windows. I have one client who is in the process of consolidating more than 100 NetWare servers down to a six-node OES2 Linux cluster. Even though migrating from NetWare to OES2 is easier than migrating from NetWare to Windows, there's still got to be some work involved. Do you provide any tools to aid that migration? Most definitely. OES2 ships with a suite of utilities called the OES2 Migration Toolkit. This is installed by default when you install the OES2 server. These provide a set of utilities for migrating services on a one-by-one basis from your current network environment to an OES2 environment. In many cases, OES2 will do the same services that NetWare will do, but it has a slightly different back end. So these tools are used to do a, an automated conversion. iPrint, for instance, is NDPS based on NetWare and CUPS based on Linux. So the iPrint migration tool can take the NDPS configuration on NetWare convert it to an iPrint on Linux cup-based without the user having to intervene. It will simply transfer all the files and all the configurations and set it up for you so that the end user doesn't know anything's different, but your whole back end has changed. And if my end user data file systems can just be remounted on OES2, does that mean that the process of migration isn't a never-ending thing? In some cases, it is as simple as remounting the existing volume. If it's, for instance, a volume that's on a SAN that can be used to share storage, then it can be just remounted and no changes are required. For other services, it varies service by service. If we're talking in the context of a customer's decision to upgrade or migrate away from the Novell platform, a migration to Windows is incredibly manually intensive. In fact, in our study, we found that most customers told us that in their assessment effort, it would take eight times as long, as much man effort to migrate from NetWare to Windows as it would to just upgrade from NetWare to Open Enterprise Server. The one thing we haven't talked about is clustering. Does OES2 work with that? Yes, it does. Novell Cluster Services, of course, has been around on NetWare for many years and is well regarded in the industry. It's very flexible and very robust. So Novell decided why reinvent the wheel and brought those same services over to the OES2 platform, you can in fact have mixed clusters with NetWare and OES2 servers in the same cluster. And in most cases, the services can mount on either one. For instance, an NSS storage volume can mount on either a NetWare server or an OES2 server in the same cluster and the users won't know where it is, and it really doesn't matter. This is often used as a migration strategy when moving from NetWare to OES2. So you can stage that migration? You can even uh, test the water, so to speak? Oh, highly recommended, and that is the way it is normally done. You can move services one at a time, or you can move them all at once. You can have a mixed environment. It just depends on the client's requirements for testing and user groups and whatever the client needs. We give you the flexibility to have a short-term or even longer-term mixed environment. So it looks like this is a great white paper for partners and customers. Where can we go get it? You can go to our website, novell.com slash OES. 
There's a section right there called News and Events. There, you'll find a link to the white paper along with anything else you know, pertinent for the product. You can you know, ask your rep or your partner, but we really hope you take the time to read it, and I think there's something informative in there for everybody. And there's a link to the white paper from the podcast site. Well, Mike Saunders, Senior Technical Specialist with Novell, and Sophia Germanides, Product Marketing Manager for the Open Enterprise Server 2 product. Thank you so much Thank for you. both of you. Thank you so Anytime. much. Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell Users International, as well as Novell Incorporated. Most of our content is directed by our listener community, so please send us your feedback by email at openaudio at novell.com or by leaving comments on our website at novell.com slash openaudio. That's it for this time. Have a good one.